Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I really do not know how far I will get with this message, but I'll start. I want to refer your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 17 through verse 21. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Now listen to these words. So that times of refreshing may come. From where? From the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing cannot come in the absence of the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Whom the heaven must receive. Until, until when? Until the times of restoration of all things. Which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. When I read this, I'm encouraged by the fact that I know that there are times of refreshing that are coming. Simply stated, there's a breakthrough coming. But the breakthrough will not come until we once again entertain the presence of God. These verses also let us know that those things will happen because if the word says it, it will happen. We will all readily agree this morning that America needs a great awakening and we need it now. We can no longer continue on the pathway we find ourselves presently. Something is going to have to happen. And it's going to have to happen suddenly. And I believe it's going to begin in the church. It's not going to happen in Washington, D.C. It's not going to happen in the White House. Or at the courthouse. It's going to happen in God's house. And from here, the waves of revival 
And the spirit of awakening will roll like waves of glory across our nation. Our scripture reference tells us clearly that there will be times of refreshing that will be coming to us. And that it will happen before Jesus will return. As a matter of fact, it says, until that times of refreshing happens, Jesus will not be released by the Father to come back. Now the signs of the times are letting us know that it cannot be too long anymore before the Father is going to say, Son, go get my children. It is amazing to me, ladies and gentlemen, to see one of the most powerful signs of the end times of the Jewish people returning to Israel. On Wednesday this past week, the airplane landed in in Tel Aviv with, I believe, 250 or 300 Jewish people from the United States of America returning to Israel proclaiming they are part of the end time. But what will it take for us to experience the times of refreshing? To start off with, I believe that we are going to have to sincerely reconsider whether the church is still on mission and doing what what Jesus said when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm happy that I can tell you today that the church is not going under, the church is going over. For the church to die is theologically impossible. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. And when he says, I will build my church, he's not saying it's going to fail or it's going to die. Build means grow. It's going to expand. It's going to get wider. It's going to get higher. Because Jesus said, I will build my church. When Jesus said, I will build my church, I believe that he had a church in mind that will conquer evil and overcome wickedness. A church of people who are fully devoted followers of Christ. A church that will reach out to the lost and dying world. A church that is dedicated to making disciples on each level. A church who would operate in miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe that a church in mind that would function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and where the believers would be laying hands on the sick and see them recover and cast out demons and see victory in the name of Jesus. A church that is altogether involved in passionate prayer and praise and worship. 
A church that is following hard after God. And a church that is preaching the unadulterated word of God. And seeing signs follow the word. And seeing people delivered and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And we need to ask ourselves this question. Are we indeed such a church? Or have we thrown away the template and created a church of our own making? The Bible tells us primarily in the book of Acts, or book of Exodus, That the Jewish nation, while having moved to Egypt in Jacob's time, upheld their traditional worship style and kept their feasts. And at first they were extremely happy and enjoyed wealth and freedom. However, the king then felt threatened by their numerical growth and decided to place them into slavery so as to have rule over them. Part of history tells us the king's thinking was that when he gets them into slavery, he will let them work so hard under such weird circumstances that they will be too tired to have more children. So he brought them into captivity. But tragically, they remained there for 400 years. Four complete generations. Now this caused them tremendous hardships and misery. And made Israel as a nation fall into deep depression, sadness, And discouragement. What made the Egyptian bondage even more unbearable was not only the slavery, but also the harshness of the rulers. They were burdened, they were laying down, they were discomforted. The result was that they lost their joy. They lost their excitement. They even gave up their worship. They stopped singing. They stopped playing their musical instruments in worship to God. Their present circumstances determined their worship style. And they just felt like what they had become is no longer conducive to worship. It's no longer conducive to sing and play their instruments to the glory of God. And Psalms 137 summarizes it for us when it says, By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps. 
For there our captors asked for us to sing songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Why did they ask that? Because they came to the realization every time that the Jewish nation would sing their songs of praise to God. There would be peace in the land. That's why they wanted them to sing. Because it's the presence of God. It's the worship of God that ushers in the glory and brings peace all around. That's why they wanted them to sing. But they could no longer sing. Verse number 4 says of Psalm 137. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? Their present circumstances changed their worship. Their present environment changed their song. Their present circumstances made them turn away from spending time with God and receiving strength from above. Their newfound culture, everybody say culture. Their newfound culture made them forget where they had come from spiritually and how they had always enjoyed the presence of God. They longed for it, but no longer experienced it. They remembered Zion, but they were no longer worshiping. They remembered Zion, but their present circumstances made them lose their song. But amazingly, not surprisingly, after four generations, their children and grandchildren who were born during captivity did not understand why their parents and grandparents were crying. Why were they, their fathers and mothers depressed? Why were they no longer singing and worshiping? They could not understand why the previous generations had hung their instruments on the willows and longing for something they once had but had since lost. They could not understand. In this new generation, they could not understand because they never knew what their parents and grandparents experienced in a season before their birth and their arrival. This new generation was singing, dancing, and enjoying life. There was no depression, no heaviness among them. Why? Because they bought into the culture of their day. Slavery became the way of living. To them, life as it was became the new normal. They did not know what the presence of God meant. And they lived without it. They did not know how to sing songs of praise and worship to God. But they lived without it. 
They didn't do the worship and the rituals as their parents did because they did not know it. They bought into the new normal and did not care about where the other generations came from. They knew nothing else to compare it with. They were satisfied with where they were and the circumstances they were in. The new normal. They knew no different. And I think this is where the Spirit of God spoke so loud to me. It seems to me that these same conditions are repeating themselves in the modern day church. We have bought into the new normal. We have become a generation of people who do not fully grasp what it is that previous generations and experience that caused the church to exponentially explode with power and with so many marvels occurring. And, and please understand, I'm not talking about legalism or tradition or bringing back those so-called happy days. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about experiencing God in a way where we knew it was a power greater than our own. I'm talking about the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit that was tangible. I'm talking about the presence of God when a hellbound sinner jumped out of their seats and ran forward and cried out and said, What must we do to be saved? I'm talking about the power of God that engulfs a whole area because the Shekinah glory of God came down in the house and the whole community was aware of the presence of God. That's what I'm talking about. We saw the supernatural. We experienced the miracles. Enjoyed powerful revivals. Prayed and worshipped for extended times. We saw blind eyes open. Deaf ears heard. Crippled feet straightened. Wheelchairs emptied. Crutches flying through the air. We saw huge crusades and packed fields of hundreds of thousands coming to Christ. We saw cancers fall out. Tumors dry up. And ugly growth on people's faces disappear I want to say Lord we once again need a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit I'm afraid that the present and even some of the immediate past generations have seen very little of what I just described we have bought into the new normal and we are satisfied. We are satisfied with the church operating with little to no supernatural power. Singing our little songs. Jumping through the hoops. Doing our little exercises spiritually. 
but there is no power. What is the new normal? A church trying to function in the absence of the presence of God. Lord, we can do it with or without you. I can preach whether you are here or not. I can sing whether you are here or not. We can jump and shout and dance whether you are here or not. But we are still expecting God to do miracles. The new normal church is a church where the Holy Spirit has been moved to the back room. And there is no longer any evidences of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A church that cannot remember when last a hell-bound sinner became a heaven-bound saint. A church that has many programs and activities. But never disciples people to become devoted followers of Christ. Again, a church where we go through the religious motion that conforms with present day culture. But has drifted away from the church that is supposed to threaten the gates of hell. And defeat the forces of evil. I want to say this morning that we once again need the fire of God and the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. We desperately need the presence of God to come back in its fullness. It's only when His presence comes that we are going to see the miracle. We have put God into a box. God, we give you one hour. If you can't get it done in one hour, we're gone. God, I want you to do what you want to do according to my three points on my agenda. And if you don't do it like that, God, I'll do it myself. We have become self-dependable and we have shifted away from the provisions, the power of God in our lives. We have adapted the new normal. We can make it happen. We can make it happen on our computer. We can make it happen through animation. We can make people live that aren't really alive. We can create all kinds of things. But there's one thing you and I cannot create. We cannot create the presence of God. We cannot substitute the presence of God. We cannot make anything work in ourselves. It has to be the presence of God. It must be the power of God. It must be the glory of God. If you believe that, let me hear a shout of praise. Come on, church. The new normal says, 
When we go to church, we've got to be quiet. We've got to be reverent. We have to whisper to each other. We have to hear the pin drop on the floor. That's the new normal. The new normal says, don't preach or say anything that will make anybody feel bad about themselves. We've got to stroke the ears. We've got to play to the mind, the will, the feelings and the emotions, but never to the spirit. That's the new normal. The new normal says we don't preach about hell because it's negative. Therefore, we don't preach about sin. That's negative. We don't want anybody to feel bad. But it takes us to the point where we cannot even preach about heaven. Because then we've got to have to tell people how to get there. That's the new normal church. A reverend church. Softly worshiping. Not offending anybody. I don't believe in offending people. Pastor does. Nobody does. But let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit never offends anybody. He convicts, yes. I said he convicts, yes. But he does not offend. And when his presence comes in, it is real. And we once again need a real move of the real Holy Spirit to bring glory to a real God. If you believe that, throw your hands up into the air and shout to the Lord. I say to you, the church has been silent too long. We have been quiet enough. We have tried to be reverential. And in the meantime, people are flying to hell in a handbasket. And people are struggling. And people are finding God. And miracles aren't happening. Let me ask you the question. Has God changed? I can't hear you. No, he has not changed. We have changed. And bought into the new normal. A church functioning in the absence of the presence of God. We need to once again, church, chase after God. Somebody needs to open the door for Jesus to come in. Revelation 3.20, he's standing at the door knocking. And we oftentimes use that scripture for evangelism and that is fine. But in actual fact, it's not Jesus standing knocking at the door of a sinner. It's Jesus standing at the door of the church. And he's knocking and he's asking permission to come in. He will not just 
bust through the door. He will not just show up. He will knock and ask permission to come in. And it's only when somebody opens the door that he will come in and break bread with them. Which means share his presence with them. Bread has always been a type of the presence of God. And Jesus wants to come in. He wants to break bread with us. He wants to release the glorious presence of of his father. So that we can experience the glorious power that was meant for the church to have. In the process of the new normal. We have worked hard to become acceptable. Acceptable by other churches, by other denominations, and even by the world. But in the process, lost the power that made the distinctive difference. And if we're not careful, we will become a Pentecostal people with a Pentecostal doctrine without a Pentecostal experience. We so desperately need God to show up. I am not suggesting that this church does not have the Spirit of God. Please understand me. But ladies and gentlemen, we cannot buy into the new normal and get further and further away from what God wants us to be. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to once again have free reign. We need to shout, bring back the glory. As a matter of fact, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, shout out loud, bring back the glory. One, two, three. One more time. I'm going to ask you to shout it again at the count of three. But after that, clap your hands and give God praise. One, two, three. not lost our mind no 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 we haven't gone crazy we are coming alive I said we're coming alive we believe in a God that's alive we believe in a God of miracles we believe in a God of signs and wonders we desperately need the presence and the power of Almighty God I'm going to have to stop there. Our time is run out. But let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the people of this generation are saying to us, don't tell me about revival. Don't tell me about a move of God. Don't tell me about miracles. Show me miracles. Show me a move of God. Show me the presence of God. That's where we are. That's where we are.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.